0: This is a Web Canopy Studio production. thanks for joining me on Dropping the Gloves with John. Scott, how are you?
1: John, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's wonderful to have you. You look so nice, Tim. You I look do. Great. You got rid of the camel shoulder pads. Yeah. That, that's a plus one.
1: Well, I do wear several different shirts a week, so.
0: You know what? So do I. It's good to see you, my friend. And everybody else, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the pod. I'm glad to, glad to have you on board again. So keep fighting the good fight. Tim, how are you doing, man?
1: What's I'm good. On? You look, you're, the haircut looks good. We're on video right now. I can see it. It's fresh. What's the uh, protocol right now? They make you wear a mask the whole time?
0: Mask during the cut the whole time, which is all right, except when they get in around the ears and shaving the neck and stuff, they kind of had to be a little creative, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not a huge deal. The sideburns, they got to move it around a little bit, but I got hair years, man. I got hair growing out of everywhere. It's unbelievable, but like you no know, inside. Inside inside, inside, the top, behind, it's a real problem. But we make, it, we make it work. We make do. And I got a good one. I tell you what, funny story about my barbershop. Here we go. Um, so the guy who I usually go to, Gary, he up and left the barbershop. He just didn't show up for three days and he moved to Seattle. What? Yeah. He's like, I'm out of here. And it was almost a blessing in disguise because I, I I was about to let him go, and I didn't know how to make that you know make that conversation let him let him down because he'd given me two bad haircuts in a row, and I was like enough is enough, Gary. I'm switching over to Joe or Roger. So I had booked haircuts with the other two guys for the last two months when I were allowed to go back, and he started to get a little you know suspicious, and I just kept saying, "Oh, my wife's you know she she calls in and gets me the haircut. She doesn't know." But I was going to break the news to him this week, but they don't have to. He's gone. He's he's in Seattle.
1: Why so, Seattle?
0: Because he he said he was depressed, so he wants to go to the happiest place in the world, Seattle.
1: He's what's in- happier than Traverse City?
0: No, right? Seattle's like the most depressing city in the country. I think. Just it rains, rains like nonstop.
1: yeah, seven months of the year.
0: Yeah, no thanks. So, well, good luck to Gary. All power. I I hope he finds what he's looking for. Hopefully, um, a barbershop school. That's what he's looking for. Cause he butchered my hair the last two times, man, bad enough to the point. I think I mentioned this on the show. When I walked into the house, my kids pointed at me and said, you look horrible.
1: <laughs> I remember that. And I, have yeah. been to that place. I went there once and I had a terrible cut and i have never been back. You Was to, it Gary? I don't know. You, you got to build some equity before I'm willing to, you know, forgive a bad haircut. If the first haircut is bad, then no, you're, you're done. You're out the door.
0: Yeah, I, I totally believe it. This is a, I'm a big barbershop guy, and this is one of the very few ones in Traverse City. And I like it. I like the old school sit down, haircuts only cost 17 bucks, and you kind of shoot the breeze for half an hour talk about guy stuff. You know what I mean? I don't want to be offered a shampoo. I don't want to be offered a conditioner or a spritz or um, paste in my hair after my haircut. Just cut my hair, and we'll talk about
1: cars and stuff. You ever, get recon- you ever get recognized in there? <laughs> All the time. Is it annoying? Yeah.
0: No, they call me Mr. Hockey. Hey, Mr. Hockey, how's the girls? I'm like, that's right, baby. <laughs> that's why I come here's her $5 tip, and they think I'm like a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. They're like, whoa, really? I'm like, that's right, Roger. Keep it. Don't forget where it came from. Anyways, Tim, let's move on to the bubble, the NHL, the fun stuff. It's, it's, it's happening. Momentum is building. The players are practicing. We're getting closer to actual hockey games. It's getting very, very, very exciting. News is coming out. This is awesome stuff. What do we need to talk about, Tim?
1: Uh, Yeah, so like you said, the excitement's building. We're starting to see the players practicing. There's a lot of inter-squad scrimmages going on right now. And uh, and players, I mean, one of the ones that came out yesterday, this clip of Connor McDavid, his teammates are saying he came back faster than he was before.
0: Which I think is a lie and they're just slower i bet you he just stayed the same and these guys just got a little bit slower because there's no way you can get faster by not skating for three months like it's just impossible unless you're connor mcdavid and you're just you defy the logic of hockey which is possible the guy's a freak of nature
1: but that's scary
0: If, if you're the if you're the hawks you're like oh boy not good
1: Another thing, uh, Max Domi is skating with the team today, so that's that's a big step for uh, for Domi to skate with the Canadians. Apparently, he's I don't know if he's made a statement or anything, but it looks like he's going to be playing. Yeah,
0: so he's a type one diabetic, and um, I guess they were unsure how this COVID disease reacted, you know, with his his diabetes. If he gets it, you know, what symptoms is is it more? Worse for him. Is it worse off? So they, they, I guess they figured out that it wasn't, and he's uh, going to play. And Capo Caca, he, he has it too from the Rangers. Caco? Caca? Capo Caca. Yeah, he's got it too. He's got type 1 diabetes. So it's, uh, it's interesting. When I was playing with uh, Domi with the Coyotes, he had this dog, and his dog could sniff his blood and let him know if he was low on sugar. Isn't that wild? That's insane. How did the dog let him know? I think he'd lick him or nudge him or bark at him or something. So he'd always had him on him and this dog was great. So we'd go to Max's house and we just hang out and his dog would always be there. And if he got a little restless and he started to give Max a hard time, Max was like, Oh, I got to eat something. My blood. And he sure enough, he'd check it and his blood sugar would be, his count would be low. That is insane. The Animals are just like, it's wild. It was like a cute little golden retriever. I'm sure he still has it, but it was just like, I was like, Whoa, that's cool. Like dogs can sniff anything. That's amazing. You can sniff, sniff drugs. You can sniff your blood. I don't know. That's – I don't know how they, they train a dog to do that. Very strange. But anyways, good to see Maxie back. Pittsburgh's probably not liking that.
1: Yeah. Um, the other big news is – and this is outside the hockey world, but the NBA tested everyone today the last couple of days, and every single player has come back negative, which is a really good sign for the fact that the bubbles work, the precautions work, the masks are working, the the safety steps they're taking to keep these players quarantined are working – uh, which bodes well for the NHL following a similar, if not exactly the same process.
0: Well, the the NBA is uber locked down, I think. I think they went above and beyond. They're, they're better than most countries, the way that they went about their protection of the players. So they are living in a, in a legit Walt Disney World bubble, where the only people they let in are the maids to clean the hotel. Like, they don't really let anybody else in. I read an article about a reporter who had to enter the bubble. He had to go into quarantine for 14 days before he was even allowed out to like report on the players. And he's still not even allowed to go near them within six feet. So it's really cool. And that's expected. Once you're in there, you know, you're not going to really transmit. There's nowhere to get the disease from. So it's cool. I'm I'm excited to see basketball starting hockey, starting baseball, starting up this week. We're back. We're back to normal, right? It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So a couple other big news hits before we get into some uh, playoff matchups, uh, today, the next round of trophy nominations came through, and this is probably the biggest one yet, although not too surprising. The first one's Selkie for the, the two-way forward, defensive forward. Um, Bergeron, Ryan O'Reilly, obviously not surprising, and Sean Couturier, who I think is one of the more underrated players in the league because he can, he can put up a quiet 70, 75, 80 points while also shutting down the team's best player. So he's not putting up like you know, McDavid numbers, but he's a really, really good player. Um, and I've seen the point being made online before that he's more important to the Flyers than anybody else, even including Giroux, uh, just because of the way he owns the ice for uh, 200 feet. So, uh, John, any any favorites among those guys? Of the well, three?
0: it's like Bergeron wins it every year. So it's they should just rename the award the Patrice Bergeron Award, like when he's retired, because this guy has – he just wins it all the time. He's nominated something silly, like you said, nine times in a row. Yep. And I'm not sure how many times he's won it, but just playing against him many, many times. I've been in his division plenty of times. He is the real deal legit guy where you have to worry about him on offense and he shuts down your top line. There's only a few guys in hockey. Well, I think he's the only one who can say he does that effectively on a night to night basis where you have to watch out for him every single night, plays the power play, plays the penalty kill. He does everything at a high level and he doesn't take shifts off. There's very few players like him So I think, I think he has it in the bag And the other two players are great But I think they're a poor man Bergeron Poor man's Bergeron
1: Yeah, so he's won it four times I'm looking at the winners right now um, It's all centers It's yeah. O'Reilly, Kopitar, Bergeron Taze, Kessler, Datsuk, Brindamore Guess the last uh, non-center to win the Selkie um,
0: Chris, Chris Pronger
1: No, it was, it's a forward, defensive forward
0: <laughs> I know, I don't care uh, Solane.
1: Jerry Lettinen, in 2 03. Yuri. It's been that long.
0: Well, when, when you think about forwards who have the most defensive responsibility, it's a centerman. The wingers, all they do is just cover their defensemen. That's about it. So I'm guessing Lettinen was a, a beast on the PK, and he did, he did a lot in the defensive zone. Maybe he switched off with the centerman at times, but you're going to get a centerman to win that award. They, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer to pick a centerman every time because they, they do so much. They go side to side. They're in the corners. They do so much. They're basically a defenseman in the D zone, and they're the most important guy in the offensive zone as well. It's, it's just the centerman works so incredibly hard. It's the hardest position in sports. Well, in hockey, I think, by far.
1: I don't even like playing center in men's league. I'm like, hey, you, th- you take center. Can't take I can't stand it.
0: I feel the same way. I, when, I, when I came to my team, like, hey, yeah, yeah, throw, throw them at center, I'm like, I'm going to be terrible. I don't know <laughs> where to go. I don't know what to do. I ended up just being a third defenseman back there because I'm just like, I, I, I don't know what to do. So we just have three D-men lining the red line. It's just a joke. So yeah, no thank you. I'll stick the defense in the wing. It's just brainless, brainless hockey, up and down, in and out, no thinking necessary.
1: So the other uh, big trophy nomination that came out today was the Norris, and, and no surprises there. It's John Carlson, Roman Yossi, and Victor Hedman, and Carlson should have this uh, in the bag. You think so? Yeah. Why so? Just to, based on points, he's 10 points ahead of the next highest guy. He's also, yeah, but he's, got, he's got elite defensive numbers, too. I don't have him in front of me but I was looking earlier. Yeah, he's, yeah, he'll win it for sure.
0: Yeah, like his plus minus isn't as strong as Yossi and Hedman. Hedman's a plus 27. Yossi's 22, and Carlson's only 12. But I, I think Carlson has to win it. He is an absolute stud. Like, he really, really does everything you need him to do runs the power play first line D unit. Like he really does logs, huge minutes. He can't, he kind of came out of nowhere
1: three or four years ago. And he's just kind of taking the league by storm. I remember reading uh, an article probably 10 years ago when, when he was like a prospect, he was just drafted and Mike green. It was a time we talked about Mike green last week. Green was putting up 70 points. And the article said within a couple of years, Carlson's going to make green obsolete. I remember thinking, no way, no way. Mm Uh, and he did it. I mean, Greens, Greens is, you know, I mean, he's older now, but he hasn't been good for years and years. And Carlson's just elite. He's been elite for five plus years now. And he's going to win the Norris this year. It's pretty funny to see that.
0: Yeah. Stanley Cup champion could have won the uh, Con Smythe during that playoff run. He he oh, played yeah. that well. He's got a cannon from the shot, from the points. And he, he's just, he's an all around fantastic defenseman. So, yeah, he'll win that one, I think, no problem. And then the
1: Selkie Bergeron.
0: Put it in the bank, Tim.
1: And he's a Massachusetts boy, too.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, maybe strike one on him. We'll watch him. Nobody's well, perfect. Nobody's <laughs> perfect.
1: So before we get into matchups, I want to ask one more question. You tweeted something earlier. There was this I little, did. A little graphic the NHL made about which veteran do you most want to see lift the cup? And it's got images of Lundquist. Stam- it's weird to think of Stamkos as a veteran already. Uh, Lundquist, Stamkos, Price, Marlowe, Pekka Renee, Claude Giroux, Joe Pavelski, Ilya Kovalchuk. And you tweeted, tweeted one, Marlowe, two, Hank, Henrik Lundqvist, three, Ilya. Yeah. You, got, you got some people questioning Ilya. That they, they was a strange, a strange pick there, considering he left. He's not like the player he used to be. He hasn't really put in the time that some of the other guys have. What's the, what's the thinking there?
0: I just like him. I think he's a good player.
1: I think he, you know, he obviously left the Devils and kind of hung them
0: out to dry a little bit and went to Russia, but you can't fault him for that. Like, he he just kind of followed his heart and wanted to do what he wanted to do. He's, at the end of the day, he can kind of make his own decisions. So, whatever, man. Like, he he just went home to play at home. He, he didn't want to play in New Jersey. I, I don't fault him for that. New Jersey's a dump. So, funny story. Oh, I, won't, I won't go down that. But, um when we were on Long Island, we stayed at the hotel and we came out of the hotel one time and there was all, it's a very sad story. There was police barrier tape up because someone had jumped off our hotel. <laughs> I was like, welcome to New Jersey. Um, so anyways, yeah. And I just think out of the other options, he obviously is older than everybody else. And I think he's done a lot in this league. Like he's been an amazing goal scorer. He's done a lot internationally and... He's just a good heck of a hockey player. He's kind of resurrected his career in Montreal. He turned it on and got an opportunity to get traded, and now he's, he's going to the playoffs. So it's um, – I don't know. I just feel good for him, and he's in a good spot in Washington. So it would be cool to see him lift the cup. He's – Kovalchuk's – Ovechkin's one of his best friends and stuff. So I don't know. And then it was just a hard number three to pick. I didn't want to pick Pavs because everyone was like, oh, you're a homer. And then, I don't know, there was really no one else who kind of tickled me a little bit. So I just went with Elio.
1: Whatever. We'll see. We'll see what it turns out.
0: Well, out of those, is there any in, the, in that group who you actually think will win the cup? That's the question.
1: Um, I mean, Stamkos could. Lightning are always a serious threat. Marlowe could. Penguins are a serious threat. Oh, Kovalchuk. Yeah, those three. I don't think the Rangers will win it. I don't think the Preds will win it. I don't think the Flyers, Stars, Canadian. Yeah, it has to be those three. Stamkos, Marlowe, Kovalchuk. What do you think? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think Giroux. I think Philly has as a chance. I like Philly. I like their team. I like the way they're set up. And then I think uh, Samco. Those are my two picks. If I was going to pick two teams to come out of the East, it would be Philly and Tampa Bay. But it's, all, it's all, honestly all a crapshoot from here because the matchups in this kind of play-in series, all, all the three matchups we're going to do right now, I have them going five games. And I, I, could, I could go either way, picking either team to win these matchups. It's that close. And I think this will be this way throughout the whole playoffs. There'll be no overwhelming favorite just because we're in uncharted territory. So unless you have anything else, Tim, I'd like to get to the matchups. I'm, I'm excited for this.
1: No, let's do that. I, I guess just one more quick question. And if, if you feel like it's a long answer, we can talk about it another time. But I'm just curious if initial thoughts, do you think winning the cup this year will have any kind of asterisk attached to it?
0: No. No, I don't. If anything, I think you'll, you'll be more proud because it's a longer road, especially if you're one of these play-in teams who had to play an extra round. I think it'll be another feather in your cap. But, no, I, I don't think there should be an asterisk. I think it's, it's a legit seven-game, four-rounds, playoffs, and maybe five for one team. So, no, no, I don't think there, there should be. They, they still played 70 games. Like, it's yeah. not like they only played – it's not like the NBA – or not even the NBA, like, what other league is starting up where they're just going to – The WNBA, I guess they're trying to play a full season anyways, or baseball, baseball. There could be an asterisk because they're only playing 60 games, right? So, but hockey, they played a majority of the games, I don't think there's a reason for that. Very, very short answer. Anyways, let's get into it, Tim. Let's do it. So I wanted to break down three series. We'll do three series on Friday and we'll do another three and then we'll finish it up with, well, we'll do a two on Monday or Wednesday, excuse me. There's five games that are going to be played on August 1st and there's three games on August 2nd. So let's just break down three of the first games on August 1st. I want to, let's go the Rangers Hurricanes first. I love this matchup. I know it's not a sexy matchup on paper. I know the Hurricanes are a very boring team, but when you're just looking at it straight from the hockey standpoint, it's a very, very intriguing series. It just, it just tickles me. So the regular season, they played each other four times and the Rangers swept them. They dominated the regular season four and oh, they just dominated in goals. The thing that won them the four games was their goaltending. And Carolina's goaltending was atrocious. And I think when you go into this matchup, that is the thing that's going to stand out. Can Carolina get any kind of decent goaltending? Can Reimer or Mrazic play decent? Because during this regular season, they had, gosh, what was their goals against? 873. It was terrible. Like, that is an awful, awful, awful goalie. The Rangers was 947, Hank had. He was 3 0, and that Shesterkin was 931. Like, that's lights out goaltending. So if that holds in this five-game series, the Rangers will sweep them 3-0. So that, that's just my early, like, when I first look at this matchup, I'm like, okay, hey, who are the goalies going to be for each team? That's still a big question mark. Are the Rangers going to pick Hank or Shesterkin? Is that how you pronounce his name, Tim? Shesterkin? I don't even know. I'm not going to guess. I don't know either. But if, if you're the coach, who do you, who do you put in that?
1: I don't know. I mean, it could be, my, my heart wants to say Hank. And it's like, give him give him a game. It's his spot to lose. Very short leash. But you look at the, the way the two kids played all year. I mean, how do you not give them that? They, they earned it, right?
0: Yeah, the neat thing about these series is every series they're playing three games in five nights or three games in four nights. So you could potentially see both goalies used in the first three games just because as a goaltender coming off a prolonged break, a kind of truncated camp where you're not really in full game action, jumping right into the playoffs, you get sore. And if you play a back to back and was, you only have one day off, it's hard on your body, especially if you're a guy like Hank, you're older. You might need to, you know, throw another goalie in there. So I would not be surprised if teams played two goalies in this first round. And especially if one goalie falters a little bit, they're not going to be, you know, waiting very long to get that hook out. So anyways, back to the regular season, the hurricanes, the surprising stat that stuck with me, And this is why I might – initially, I was like Rangers all the way. And then I saw this stat, and I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, is this 4-0 deceiving? The Hurricanes outshot the Rangers in those four games, 161-104. to It's a massive shot differential. So it just got me thinking, is the Hurricane system just to throw pucks on the net? You know, and was it grade-A shots? Or are the Rangers just terrible at defense and the goalies bailed them out for four straight games? So I don't know. What I do know is this is going to come down to goaltending and special teams. The Rangers were lights out during the power play this year. They had Panarin, Zabinjad. During their four-game series, they were 5 for 15. That's 33%. That's a pretty good clip. The Hurricanes were horrendous. They were 2 for 16. Injuries. Coming back, big one for Carolina. Dougie Hamilton's back. He broke his fibula back in February, and he is back to full speed, which is huge for them. He rounds out their decor. Petschy is still out. He injured his shoulder, so he's out, but they still have a devastating top six. They got Hamilton and Slavin, Vatanen, who's back, and Shea, and then a Norris snub, surprisingly, Jake Gardner and Van Reevesdijk. So that's a pretty good top six. I think that might be the best in the league. Going up against a pretty good caliber forwards when you got Panarin, Zabinijad, Strom, you got Kreider coming back from injury, so. It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. But just in a short series, I'm going to go with defense and just a good structured system. That's why I'm picking
1: Carolina in five. Whoa, I thought you were going the Rangers.
0: I know in in a short series, when you really, you don't have much time to adjust, the Carolina Hurricanes seem to have a solid system. They're coached well. The Rangers run and gun. Like, and they go, and if you don't have your guys, you know, fully up to speed and playing well and clicking, you're kind of done. And I don't see their goalies being sharp like they were during the regular season. So I just see Carolina, they have that advantage. They have the defensemen. They're strong up the middle, up the middle and Aho, Trochik, and Stall. And you need centermen, you need defensemen. Remember I, I said that the whole time. Yeah. When we were, when we were drafting our teams, I had strong centermen and strong on the back end. That's how you win Stanley Cups, and that—that's what I think Carolina has here. They—they they win that matchup versus the Rangers.
1: Yeah, it, it's close for me. It's pretty tight, but I'm going to go with the Rangers uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, I love that they got two young defensemen who are just absolute studs: Tony D'Angelo, Adam Fox. They both put up, I think, 52 and 42 points as rookies last year. I mean, just incredible. I D'Angelo's not not a rookie; he might be second or third year. But um, if if they're high, they can they can you know put up some elite numbers on the power play. And I think I think your Panarin can just will his team to a get, to a win he can steal a win for you with just you know a four point night or something that i I don't think uh carolina is going to have an answer for that and i think finally the 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 grit and sandpaper i like more in rangers game i think chris Kreider is going to be a part of big a big part of the series and i think brendan lemieux is going to be a big part of the series he reminds me of um matthew kachuk or, or tom wilson maybe not quite as big as wilson but He's, he's strong, he's tough, he's agitating, he likes to get in your face, he's not afraid to, to scrap it up, and he's the kind of the player you want in your lineup in, in a series like this. So I, I could see Brendan Lemieux doing some damage and making uh, you know, someone like Aho or Tara Minen, you know take a stupid penalty that cost them a series.
0: Totally agree. Like, it, it, it's a toss-up, right? It, it's a coin flip. These teams are so evenly matched, they could go either way. If Carolina gets halfway decent goaltending, I think that will be the reason that they win. I can't see their power play being that inept in the playoffs. They have to be better. Two for 16 is just horrendous. Getting Dougie Hamilton back is huge. I just think Reimer or Mrazic will be better than an eight seventy three save percentage. They have to be. So if they get that, they're going to win this. That's my prediction. So we'll see. I like that we're not agreeing. This is fantastic. I love this. All right, moving on. We're going to go to the Florida Panthers. And the New York Islanders, another not so sexy matchup. I'm getting these ones out of the way until the main event at the end of this. You
1: say that, but I like these matchups.
0: Me too. And it's funny when you look at the points, like the Rangers and the hurricanes both had 79 points. Like they're so evenly matched. The Panthers and the Islanders, they're two points separating each other. So like, these are so evenly matched teams. It's, it's, it's so cool. So, okay. Regular season, the Islanders won three, nothing. They beat them 8-4 to in goal differential. Both teams, when play was halted, they were on an absolute skid. And I'm talking skid mark in the underwear. They're playing so bad. The Panthers Panthers lost 12 of their last 18, and the Islanders lost 9 of 11, including 7 in a row. Like, they were both trending downward. They probably – neither team was going to make the playoffs if the regular season would have played out. So they are grateful for the stoppage. As grateful as you can be for a pandemic. These two teams are grateful. So they're in the playoffs. They've had some time to kind of get over that, hopefully rebuild some camaraderie, get back that mojo that they had at the beginning of the year because the Islanders started off on fire. And the Panthers had a good stretch right after Christmas where they were playing really well, then they just tanked. So hopefully they kind of shook the bugs off and we're back to two really, really good teams. So... Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events and there's no better place to start than our exclusive partner Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR Formula 1 and the Premier League Can't wait for your team to come back Bet Online has futures, odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BET Online. They are your online wagering experts. Florida has the advantage in forwards. I think they, they have really, really good depth with Huberdeau, Barkov, Hoffman. I think they just, you know, with um, Akari and Dadanov, they have some goal scorers where I don't think the Islanders have that. The Islanders have Barzal, and I think that's it. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, they got guys like uh, um, Eberle and... Brock Nelson, Anders yeah. Lee. They
0: have decent forwards, but I think they are past their prime. I don't think they're threats like a Hoffman or a Huberto or a Barkov are. That's just, I think, plain to see. I think those guys were good two, three years ago. Maybe this break will help them. It kind of gives their bodies a the time to rest, their bigger bodies, and who knows, maybe they come back and they're, they're firing all cylinders again. But I just like the forward depth that Florida has going into this series. So – I don't know. And then on defense, I like Florida's defense too, with Ekblad and Yandel and Strawman. I think they have some experience back there. I think they have puck movers. Ekblad is underrated. I like this kid. So he's coming oh, back yeah. from an injury, and he's, he's going to be raring to go. And they have a good goalie, Bob Browski. So I like Florida. We talked to Q, and I don't know. I just think they are going to be one of these sleeper teams who maybe wins this play-in round and then upsets in the next round. They they have that skill. They have that experience. Brian Boyle had him on the show. He's there. Like, they just have guys who have won in the playoffs on other teams, and they're kind of – I just think they're poised to make a nice little run.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they're – I mean, what is it, the best of five series? I wouldn't be surprised if they win in three, maybe four. Um, I really like their team. And, and you talk about not just the, the star players and the stud power on the Panthers, but the, their secondary scoring. I mean, Noah Chari was a – just a, a revelation this year. I think he put up 20 goals as a fourth liner. It's just incredible. Yep. Um, Brett Conley, another guy who's, who's blossomed. He was, he was put as a bust. He was a seventh overall pick. Got I think the year Sagan was drafted. So 2010. And, and he was just kind of just skidding for a while. And now he's really come to his own with Washington the last couple of years, won a cup. And now he's playing really well. Eric Halla, I like this guy a lot. Have you have yeah. aware of him? He's, he's not huge and he's, he's pretty small, but he's just, He's so good. He's got sick hands. He's always making highlight plays. I think he's always the best player in your uh, in your tournament up in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, he's he jumps off the ice during that tournament. But again, it's oh. summer hockey. But he burns. Yeah, he's an absolute burner.
1: Yeah. So I like that team a lot, and I think, like I said, Coach Q could be a huge difference there. You know, if he's just if he's just a couple goals better or one game better than than what. Uh, Who's who's is it Trotz in the Trotz, Islanders? yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those are both really good coaches. I mean, I don't know if one's going to outcoach the other, but I'm going to give this the slight edge to the Panthers. I think more than a slight edge. I think the Panthers have the forwards, they have
0: the defense, they have the goaltending. Islanders can't score. They were 24th in the league in goals, barely scratching 190. The Florida was the Florida was six in goals, so I think that's what's going to come down to. Florida has better forwards. They're pretty comparable in net. They're pretty comparable in the back
1: end and.
0: They just have more, more offensive weapons.
1: They do. And, and speaking of Stroman, we brought him up on the show before. I feel like he's in the playoffs every single year, always with a different team. He's just, he's always making playoff runs. I don't know if he's won a cup yet, but he's one of those guys. He's always there. He's and never they,
0: won a cup. He's yeah. He's made a couple of deep runs with the Rangers, the lightning. Now he's with Columbus for a little bit. Now here he is with Florida trying to make another run. So he's a good, solid defenseman. He reminds me of a Nicholas Jalmerson where he just blocks shots, doesn't get any recognition, and just does all the right plays at the right time. So those are the guys you need on your team. You know, the plumbers who go out and get the job done. They don't want any, you know, accolades or anything like that. Then, you, just, you know, he goes back, has a beer, and then back at it the next day. That, that's exactly the kind of guy you need to win the cup. So anyways, so who are you taking? Panthers. Panthers. I'm taking Panthers, too. I'm writing this stuff down, Tim, just in case. I don't know there's a breakfast on the line or something. Okay. <laughs> So the final series I'd like to go over and we could spend three shows on this. It's just such a interesting series is the Hawks and the Oilers. This is the series. Everyone's talking about. This is the series. Everyone will be watching just because it's going to be goals. Bonanza. They're going to give away goals. Like it's their job. It's two defenses, corps, two defense, corps that are not strong. There's some good players on either side, but as a whole, it's a fire sale every time it's in the defensive zone. Like there's no structure. There's just nothing. It's, it's just complete chaos. The Hawks average. Okay. Here is a, here is a stat that jumped off the page. How many shots against do you think the Hawks average per game?
1: Just, uh, just in general, what do you think? Shots on net or shots? Shots on net. Um, Shots on net. Hawks per game are averaging against, I would say 25,
0: 30, almost 35 shots, what 34.82 the worst in the league by far. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of rubber. That's insane.
1: Yeah. Is that, is that any more of an indictment of the forwards or defense?
0: I think it's just a complete system all around where you don't prioritize like shots on net it's it's wild. I don't know if you're not blocking the puck, you're not getting in lanes, you're not picking up a shooter. I don't know what it is, but if you're giving up almost 35 shots on net, that is a massive massive problem. And that becomes an even greater problem when you're playing the Edmonton Oilers and you have lethal snipers coming at you. If you give Seidel and McDavid six or seven shots a game, you have zero chance of winning. Yeah. Zero zero chance. You need to figure that out right now. And if I'm Jeremy Colleton, I've been spending the last two months, night and day, trying to figure out how to slow down McDavid. That's it. No one's figured it out yet, but I'm trying to match up. Who do I put against him? Do I match offense with offense and try to control the puck when he's on the ice? Do I try to get a defensive forward to just shadow him and hound him up and down the ice? I would be just sleepless nights trying to figure out what to do to stop because you, Chicago doesn't have a shutdown defense pairing that they can do that with. Keith is, is past his prime. He, he can't do it anymore. They don't have a one-two. Now that DeHaan's back, maybe if he's healthy, he might give him a run, but you just don't have it. So you, it has to be a three-man group effort. Well, with, Sorry, five-man group effort to stop this guy. He's just that good.
1: I mean, what line do you put up against them? I mean, they don't have a – I don't, a I don't know.
0: You're right. I don't know. And their, their sentiment aren't exactly strong. You know, you, you don't have someone who can hound them the whole time. If I'm Colleton, I'm throwing my top line at him. I'm going Kane Taves Kubelik line up one versus one and see what happens. Hopefully I can control the puck. Hopefully I can just kind of make him play in the defensive zone as much as I can. And sure. I know maybe I'll give up one goal a game, but I'm not going to let him get three or four goals or points. That would be my first strategy. And if it doesn't work, I'd go to plan B and try to throw a defensive forward on there against him. There's just, I don't know. That's my coaching style. I would just go, okay, you're going to put out that guy. I'm going to put out strong versus strong. And we'll just see how, you know, see how it plays out. Because their top two lines are, are unstoppable. Both teams have very good top two lines. Where this series come down to, I think it's going to come down to a couple young players. Because I think Kane and Taves... They match up well with Drian Seidel and McDavid. They'll both get their points, both pairings. Kubelik and Yamamoto. These are the two guys I want to watch. Whatever one of these two guys has a good series and gets it going, that team will win. Yamamoto came on and he, he had a great season. Kubelik, I think he had 30 goals or something like that. Like These are two guys. They're young. They're fresh. If they can get it going and they can get hot, that team will win. That's my prediction because listen the defense and the goaltending on both teams are garbage again another series where we don't know who's going to start net Crawford just came back to Chicago so who knows if he's going to be in shape or if he's going to be allowed to play and and in Edmonton do you, do you play Smith he's 41 years old or do you play Kuskinen the young kid they've had similar stats Smith's got the history and the experience but it's not great great history or experience so who knows who's going to, you know, be between the pipes for these teams. Hopefully Crawford's there and he stands on his head. If that's the case, I think Chicago's going to win this series. But that's not my prediction yet. You go first. Who do you think is going to win? Or do you want to break it down a little more?
1: No. No, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm just looked online for a quick update on Twitter to see if uh, Crawford <laughs> – Crawford's still not practicing with the team and they're basically getting prepared to play without him. It looks like Dalia might be the guy so far over uh, Malcolm Subban. But, uh, gosh –
0: I heard Crawford was back in the fold. I don't think he's practiced back back yet, I don't but think he's, he's back the with the team. He has, yes, but I think he'll be back on the ice by the time this podcast releases. So Okay. Yeah. But still, you only have a week and a half to prepare for playoffs. Who knows what kind of shape he's in. If he did have COVID, maybe he might have to quarantine for a little bit. We'll see what happens.
1: It's just uh, – I mean, this is the, what the third matchup in a row that we've seen just uh, goalie questions, right? It just makes me like <laughs> – as a Bruins fan, super thankful to not have to deal with that headache of like, oh, which goalie do you play? Yeah, you know, it's just like you take that for granted when you when you when you have it. Um, and I think it's that's kind of the, the decision that will keep a coach up at night is which goalie do I start when there's not a clear answer. It's it's your reputation. It's your job on the it's line. It's So
0: hard that that's your decision to pick a goalie. And if you pick Smith and Smith goes in and lays an egg the first game, like that's on you. You can't lay an egg in this in this kind of format. Five games, you cannot do it. Another thing I want to touch on is the, the special teams. There was a glaring difference between these two teams when it comes to special teams. The Oilers by far were the best team in the league with their special teams. They had the best power play in the league. Guess what their percentage was on the power play? Uh, I, uh, 15%. Uh, 30%. <laughs> 30%. That is unbelievable. Like, that is unbelievable to score 30% during a season. Guess what their PK? Their PK was eight, almost 85%. So when you go into a, a season, what you want to do is you want to have your PK and your PP percentage add up to 100. That's a good year. Yep. So if you have 85 and 30, I'm not a mathematician, but that's 115%. That is really, really, really good. Like, that is really, really good. If Chicago gets in penalty trouble, this is not even going to be a series. It'll be just a cakewalk for the Oilers. They're just too strong. And you would think the Hawks would have a, a good power play. They're terrible. A 15% power play. And they've been like that since I played there. It's it's so strange when you have these high-end elite horses on your team and they can't put it together on the power play. It's it's so strange. But yeah. When I, I was there, they would throw out, sorry to cut you off, they would throw out. Kane, Sharp on the points, Hosa, Taves, and um, Hosa, Taves, Kane, Sharp, and Keith. Yeah. And they couldn't score. And I would just shake my head like, what are we doing? Like, this is arguably a dream team out there and you can't score. I I don't know if it's – it's obviously not the system because they've had dozens of systems over the last 10 years and they've just consistently been average on the power play. I just don't understand it. I really, really don't get it. So they had the fourth worst power play in the league, like just, just horrendous. So if the Hawks get in penalty trouble, if they go to the box three, four times a game, it's over. Not even, not even a chance.
1: That's what I was starting to say. I'm starting to see like, the more you talk about it, I'm kind of seeing this vision of like, we talked about, first of all, how do you shut down, mcdavid or dry like which forwards you put up against him and, and they don't have you know a shutdown stud two-way center so it's going to be someone who's going to be a step behind them right he's going to be a little bit out of place he's going to be chasing mcdavid and dry around the ice and what happens when that starts happening it's the hooking and the slashing and the tripping and the, the extracurricular stuff because you're trying to just get a little edge on a guy and that's the power the penalties and that's the power play so it's just it's a trickle effect. Just not having that player to shut down those two guys means there's going to be more penalties, which means you're going to let up more power play goals. And like you said, if they're, if they're letting up three, four, five power plays a game, there's no chance they win the series.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of things the Hawks have to do right in order to win this series. And there's really only one thing the Oilers need to worry about, and that's their goaltending.
1: I, I do kind of feel like though the longer the series goes on, if the Hawks are able to squeeze this into four or five games, I like their chances because that's when it gets into you know uh, more than just just playing style or skill. It's like it's it's mentality. It's knowing what it takes to win, and that's something the Hawks do have. At least the core guys. Not everyone. I mean, I mean, look at their roster. It's like the four or five guys they've had forever, then all new people, right? It's not like any of these guys have won a cup except for those four or five guys. They do but have some again, talent. yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're talented. And, I mean, I'd like to see what a kid like the can do in the series uh, yeah, as well.
0: If, if the Hawks keep it five-on-five, five, they're a better five-on-five five team than the Oilers are statistically. They create more chances. They score more five-on-five. Five. So, it'll be interesting to see how this series plays out. But if I'm – like, my heart wants to take the Hawks. They, it really does. So, I'm going to take the Hawks in 5
1: yeah, uh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Oilers. I just think that there's gonna be too much for them. I think they're gonna overwhelm the Hawks system, and I think the the, uh, the power play will end up being the, the nail in the coffin there. So yeah, the Oilers in four.
0: I just think there was a reason that the only team to vote against this playoff system, this format, were the Oilers because they knew they were gonna have to match up with Patty Kane, and he is as big of a matchup nightmare. McDavid is Patty Kane might be even worse. He just, he creates so much out there. He causes so many problems because he draws one, two, three defenders to him. And he just makes his teammates so much better. McDavid's a burner. He can create his own offense. Kaner makes everyone around him better. And I, I don't think McDavid has that level to him where Kane just, he, he just, he threads the needle. He is just an unbelievable hockey player. When, when we were doing the Rangers series, I was like, man, imagine if the Hawks still had Panarin instead of kind of panicking and trading him for Saad, how filthy would that be to have Kane and Panarin still on, on one team? Oh. oh, my gosh.
1: You know, you know what Kane wants? it so badly, too. Oh, man. Yeah. He's not been just shy about him. that.
0: No, he just when – when we talked to him about him, he was just like, yeah, he's an unbelievable player. Like, just the guy's a stud. To have him on your team, Saad has been a complete bust since he's came back there. And they panicked. They they needed to make a, a change, and the GM didn't want to get fired, so he traded sod for Panarin and there's just oh just like awful 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 trade but anyway so I'm taking Chicago you're taking the Oilers and we'll see where it goes we'll break down the other series on Friday and we'll go from there. I'm excited Tim this is great.
1: So when does it start August 1st we still got August first
0: we got a few weeks. We're gonna do our little special series though I think the the week prior so maybe we'll throw another show in there at some point. But yes hockey is starting everybody and barring any Wave of positive tests. I don't see any reason why this isn't going to come to fruition, which is really great. Because two months ago, three months ago, I was just, I was just saying, stick a fork in this. We're done. So it's really cool to see the league, the players, and everybody kind of work together to get this done. Because it's it, it's a it's a long road that they've been on, and there's light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. Just like there's light on the other side of this computer, Tim. You looking at uh-huh, me, John? You you're beautiful man. We must have had a good day today, huh? I did. What's going on with your blinds? For those of you who can't see Tim, which is all of you, his blinds are all <laughs> jacked up like he got into a fight or something.
1: Yeah, they were like that when I moved in.
0: And you haven't tried to smooth them out or anything?
1: I tried, but they're plastic, so they're bent, so they're not bending back.
0: You don't close them, and they kind I, of
1: close up? Yeah, I do, but I, uh, I turn the light on because it gets dark so quickly, but I don't want people outside looking in my window, so I put it down.
0: Do you ever put a show on? Like um, take your shirt off, do a little
1: flexing? Uh, I, yeah, I have. In the window when you're doing your push up challenge? Yeah, I did the push up challenge. I do some curls for the girls and um yeah. By the way, how's the how's the house thing going? What do you mean? Selling my house? Yeah. I'm selling- yeah. Still on the market. You're gonna, you gonna rent it to me?
0: You got I'll uh, I'll rent it to you for seven grand a month. You got it? No. Okay, never mind. Never mind. It's a big house. There's a lot of rooms. So, anybody out there, if you want to rent my house, I don't even think I would rent it. Never mind. I'll have a creeper showing up with seven grand and a briefcase. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here, Mr. Scott. Easy, weirdo. But no, we're good. Baby's good. Baby's eating, getting big. Mama's doing well. Kids are good. Can't complain. Life is very good. Very Very, very good.
1: Yes. So, uh, I'll close it out with one question I asked on Twitter uh, the other day, and we got some funny responses. I haven't seen you respond, so maybe you didn't see it, so I'm going to ask you now. But I don't
0: spend too much time on Twitter, Tim, so sorry. You don't.
1: If you were stranded on a desert, island, a desert island and had to rely on one NHL player for survival, who would it be and why?
0: Well, I think the easy answer is Brent Burns, right? Because Yeah. He, he always shows the videos of him hunting and he's got the outdoor stuff and he just looks like he would be set for that. But I don't know. I'm going to go a different route. I would probably say like Zidane O'Chara. He he could probably, he could probably build a fire and uh, you know, make some stuff happen.
1: I don't know. So he came up a lot. Uh, Burns came up a lot. Buffling came up a few times. He's a fisherman. Yeah. A few times was um, uh, Luke Kwiatkowski. Oh, yeah, he'd be good, guy. Um, I'd be fine on my own. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I'd be like, I'm good. No, thanks. I'll go, I'll go solo.
1: There was uh, one other, I'm trying to find it. was really funny, but it basically the gist was uh, Patty Marlowe. Sure, we die, but you just know everything's going to be okay.
0: <laughs> You'd be whispering sweet nothings as you're getting mauled by a bear. <laughs> he'd be good to go with who who would be the least the worst guy you'd want to go with uh, probably some european who's just so vain so annoying right just like would bring a hair straightener the first time i was embarrassed for a player was when i was on the road and i was rooming with someone and he brought a flat iron with him to flat iron his hair i was like what is happening with this league
1: like before so a game or a night out or what Um, He just
0: brought a flat iron for his hair because he wanted it to be straight.
1: Like when is he straightening it it, though?
0: After the game or before, I don't know, always, (laughs) I don't know. I didn't really keep track of that, but I saw it and I was like, what is, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, it's just, you know, for my hair. I was like, well, boy, we are definitely on a different wavelength here, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I just spit my hands and messed my hair up. I was like, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, probably some uh someone like that who was really really vain and into themselves, which is three-quarters of the league now I would imagine.
1: Yeah, the Europeans and
0: the young kids. Yeah, it's just the uh, the game's changing. The quarantine isn't going to be much different for these young kids. They're just going to stay in their rooms and play video games. Like that's life as a hockey player now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's still tough. It's just tough on the mind just mentally not to be able to leave, right? Not to not have the really. freedom.
0: No, I don't think these kids do anything anyways. They just kind of play video games, and that's about it. I'm really generalizing them, so I should probably be careful. They're probably great guys, <laughs> but it's fun to generalize. Who's the youngest guy we've had on the show? Risto? He's not that young anymore. No, he's not that young anymore. I don't like young kids. We try to weed them out on the show. I like a yeah. veteran. They're a little more honest. They give a great interview. We tried to get Anthony Duclair, but he didn't want to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He
0: said he doesn't do these things, just like him and Phil Kessel. Annoying.
1: Yeah, Kessel, we tried, huh?
0: I'm still trying. I text him every once in a while, and he just doesn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I should, t- I should send you our um, text thread. <laughs> it's, yeah. just like, it's just like me, like, so, Phil, I'm thinking we're going to talk about this next Wednesday. What do you think? And just, like, nothing. It's so funny. It's really good. Hey, did you ever reach out to Millberry to get him on the show? No. Do you want to
1: do that? yes i would love to get him on the show what a dream (laughs) i'd have to put on a referee suit just to keep you guys from killing each other
0: no i think we would bury the hatchet pretty quickly i think we're we're kind of cut from the same cloth i I just don't think he understands me i think he wanted to chirp somebody and i was the easy target he he picked a low-hanging fruit that's what i'll say that's me i'm a low-hanging fruit from a tall tree I'm a tall tree, but still low-hanging. Does that matter if it's a tall tree or a short tree? I guess I'm tall, but I do have low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyways, Tim, this was fun. I got to go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate the support. Um, stick stick around for next show. We're going to break down three more matchups, probably have some exciting news from the league, and we will give you our best insights, expert insight here on Dropping the Gloves. So anyways, cheers,
1: everybody. Stay safe. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com shop for merchandise, including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. <laughs> back.